Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. It is the uh, Wednesday edition of Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com. Kyle Alfred and Ray Flowers with you, like all of you out there getting set for the holiday. Um, any any uh, shopping trips you got uh, to the grocery store this week, Ray, or, or is, uh, are other people making the big feast for the holiday? Yeah, I got very, well, someone else is making the feast, but it's- Your brother, house. your brother no, again. Not this year. No, this year my lady uh, is, is doing that. She- we got the heritage bird. We got all the bits. We got all the, the makings of stuffing and all that kind of stuff. So we're having Thanksgiving here. We're actually having a dual Thanksgiving, if you can believe it, Kyle. We're having the regular Thanksgiving with us. And then on Saturday, two friends that don't have a place to go kind of are coming over <laughs> for a second Thanksgiving. Man, that homeless problem is bad out by you. They just don't have a place <laughs> yeah, to go. To. Really Let's go crash at Ray's house for Thanksgiving. Are, are you in charge of any of the food prep or is this purely going to be the lady handling this yeah i'm in charge of showing up um okay, wow i'm doing you know, i'm doing the show with you and then um we you know watching football and maybe throwing up a christmas tree or two as this is all going down so yeah she uh i would like to help but i am told most of the time to stay out of the way okay uh i have my first of three if not four thanksgiving dinners coming up later tonight so the, the good thing about the Thanksgiving dinners is I know a lot of people go through this with multiple dinners and families and sides. And um, we, we've done so well with this, Ray, to make every meal kind of unique. They're not all just turkey stuffing potatoes. Okay, okay. Like tonight is a breakfast meal. Okay. Tomorrow I'm, I'm in charge. My wife is actually in charge. She's got the chicken chili. Nice. Which will be going, okay. the white chicken chili. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow night we'll have probably like prime rib, tenderloin, probably a turkey somewhere in there. Okay. And then Friday will be the traditional, what you expect from Thanksgiving. Wow. But that way we don't get burned out. Even though it's four meals, they're all kind of, I, I am waiting for the pizza party though on Thanksgiving. Um, I can't get that one going just yet. Uh, I am a big fan of, according to my lady, I'm a big fan of anything brown. Um, so <laughs> any, anything that anything, or this like meals right down my wheelhouse, we got potatoes, bread, turkey, like all that stuff. I could eat it all week. I love leftovers, so it wouldn't bother me to have multiple meals of the same thing, but I understand wanting to diversify. You may be into things that brown, but I bet Ray Flowers is not a meatloaf guy. We didn't have many meatloafs growing up, so... Meatloaf. No. It's wintertime, Ray. It's meatloaf season. It's still, you know, 58 degrees out here, Kyle. It's not that cold, so yeah. Okay, what do we got today? Because uh, we're not to the holiday yet. Um, obviously, tomorrow... It's a holiday in terms of food, in terms of football. Uh, here's what we've got. We are going to be on, by the way, tomorrow. We'll talk about that a bit later. But today, uh, I thought Ray and I would talk a bit about the ongoing situation that so many of us are dealing with when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, this has become like the big storyline over the past four weeks. Like every week, we're losing quarterbacks. We're scrambling. So Ray and I will pull back and take kind of a an overview of the position as we go down the stretch and uh, maybe give you some ideas. If you're one of those who has lost Joe Burrow recently, or you're just not getting the production from who you thought would help you, uh, we'll run through that position. So a lot of time is going to be spent on that. Uh, we'll get into some news and notes. Uh, the first game on Thanksgiving is that green Bay Detroit game. Packers are really coming into this game uh, shorthanded 
We will talk about that as well as some other injuries. Take our first look at the remainder of week 12, the spreads and the totals. Uh, maybe a cursory glance at some of the Thursday DFS. We'll do a bit more of that tomorrow on the show. And uh, then we will talk some MLB news and notes. Uh, Cardinals all over the place. Cardinals spending money on probably average pitching. Ex-Cardinals joining the White Sox. Ex-Cardinal managers joining the Padres as their new head honcho. So all things Cardinals coming up at the tail end of the show. As always, you see the promo code there, um, FSD20. Ray, I can't imagine a better discussion point at the Thanksgiving table than people bringing up FSD20 and telling everybody at the table how they should sign up for everything that Fantasy Guru offers, maybe that NFL package for the remainder of the season. It, nobody, I, I don't want to hear anybody come back to us on Monday and say, you know, it was fun seeing the family and the in-laws, but I, I had nothing to talk about. W when you are hurting for a topic, people, Ray, go with Fantasy Guru. Mention the promo code. That will get everybody talking and conversing and having fun at the Thanksgiving table. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's FSD 20, as you're pointing out. It gets you seasonal and DFS through the rest of the football season, and that includes the playoffs. It goes all the way through the Super Bowl. So FSD 20, uh, it's good for Thanksgiving. It's good for Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas. It's a great gift to give as well, Kyle. So, yes, talk about it, purchase it, join the crew, uh, be around for more than just the hour we do each day here on the show. Okay, let's get rolling uh, with the topics of the day. And like I said, we were going to spend some time on the quarterback position. I'm sure Ray gets many questions about this uh, each and every week. You know, should I pick up this guy? Should I bench this guy? Last week, uh, people were wanting to bench Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. And so I guess sometimes it works. I mean, Mahomes wasn't that good, but... <laughs> Were you turning to Tommy DeVito? Probably not. So I don't know if that worked out. Um, Ray, I think first things first, I kind of thought it would be worthwhile. We got 32 in effect starting quarterbacks. Um, maybe not all those guys are starting the remainder of the season. But as we sit here right now, we obviously have 32 quarterbacks. Um, breaking them down in the, into um, maybe levels. And, and the way I broke it down is actual QB1s, uh, very good QB2s, normal QB2s, and then the rest. And, and when you break it down that way, what I came up with is 11 actual QB1s, five good QB2s, six guys who are just QB2s. You don't really want to use them, but you could survive if you had okay. to. And that leaves us with 10 guys who are just junk. Now let's start with the junk, Ray. Here are the 10 guys who landed on my list. Okay. Um, Tim Boyle. Yeah, I know we've only seen him for a quarter and a half, but I'm going to call him John. We've seen him previously. <laughs> I think it's fair. Yeah. Uh, Tim Boyle, Mac Jones, or whoever the QB is for the Patriots. Uh, DTR, Pickett, Browning, Levis, O'Connell, DeVito, Ritter, and Bryce Young. So 10 guys. I I am, I, uh, am I beating up on somebody there, Ray? Or, you know, those are guys... If you're rolling them even as a QB2, you're in trouble on those guys, right? Is there anybody who's salvageable there? I mean, I'd like to say Will Levis, and I think in a different scenario it would be, but they they can't establish the run. They can't establish things on offense. We saw last week he threw 17 passes. I think skills-wise, he's got the ability to do things that some of the guys on that list don't. We I've talked a lot about Kenny Pickett recently. Like His skills compared to Kenny Pickett are off the charts, right? But in terms of what the offense wants to do with the Titans and what production we're actually getting – 
I'm not going to disagree with your assessment. If, if you were in a 12-team league, would any of those guys deserve to be on a roster in a 12-team league, one quarterback? I, mean, <laughs> I don't I think mean, they do. In the Elite Listener League, uh, I think uh, one of the two leagues we're doing, uh, it's I want to say it's a, tw- it's a 12 or 14-team league, and we have like 18, 19 roster spots. So I have I had Jordan Love behind Burrow because everyone was carrying two quarterbacks. And I'm going to the wave wire and it's like Ritter and Young. And it's like, do I even want to add these guys? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you have deep rosters, deep leagues, sure. But ideally, no. So we got about 10 names there. Let's go to the guys at the top. These are the guys I credited with being a QB1. Now, I will say, after I created this initial list, I then said, okay, who are guys that like I don't care about the matchup? And I'm starting. Like, I, I really don't care. And for the most part, I came up with, and, and people may dispute this, Ray may dispute this, four that I said, I don't care who they're playing. They're out there. I'll tell you those four in a bit. Let's get you the 11 that I said were QB1s. And Ray, you tell me if you disagree. Tua, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, Mahomes, Herbert, Hertz. Goff, Fields, and Dak Prescott. It's 11 guys. You got an issue. And again, only four of them. And it was Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, and Hurts. I'm probably starting against who. But are those other guys what you would term QB1s? Like guys that 85% of the weeks, if not 90, you're starting those guys. Well, I think given the fact that there's such a large group of guys we don't want to start, it, you know, if I had Trevor Lawrence and we've talked about him previously, Trevor Lawrence, I know he's about fifth quarterback 15 or so in the rankings. He had that huge week last week. He's played as many bad games as good games this year, statistically and eyeball wise. Um, he hasn't taken a step forward. I think he's right there. Like if he was my quarterback one, would I love it? No. Could I stomach it? Okay. All right. Um, I think the other one that I have some worry about, not because of his performance, but it's CJ Stroud. And, you know, I see people that are making trades for Stroud and all this. If you look at his matchups down the stretch, it's not easy. Mm. Faces the Jaguars this week. Then it's Denver who's playing good. Then it's at the Jets. That's not good. At Tennessee, that's not good. Against Cleveland, that's not good. And then Tennessee, you know, they can be beat in the air and let's give them a little bit of a benefit at home. But that's a pretty rough stretch at New Jersey, at Tennessee, Cleveland. Those are 14, 15, and 16 in terms of the weeks. So even yeah. if we look at Stroud and say he's a QB1, do we feel overly confident about him in those matchups? The thing he has, though, Ray, is they seem to be pretty – I don't want to say it's certain because it's only really been a few weeks that they've trended, but it's like 35 to 40 pass attempts. And and some of these guys don't get like Tua. I don't know if we're getting a 35-40. You're not really wanting that. Fields, you don't want that. I don't think the Cowboys really want – Dak Prescott throwing the football 40 times, you know, all those kind of things. But Stroud has that. Um, and, and he appears to have weapons. Um, I, I, I agree with you that it, even if I wanted to start him in those games, it's worth having an option of a QB2 behind C.J. Stroud. Um, now, how about the four guys that I said, I don't even care what the matchups are. Do you agree with that? Allen Hurts, Mahomes, and Jackson. I mean, are those guys – is Herbert in there? Is – is golf in there? Is Fields in there? May, I, I don't know if they are. For me, they're not. I only have the four studs at the top. I would say this, and 
Goff to me, no, because he doesn't have any floor for running. And there are, you know, there are games where they're going to score three touchdowns on the ground. He's going to have one passing, right? That's just how the offense works. So I'd say no. Herbert, I want to say yes. You know, his guys can't catch. Like, it, it, you know, so he's right. He's he's a little higher than Goff. I think Fields yeah. is the most intriguing one, though, because Fields does have the legs. And he runs for 45 yards every week. And he's basically, I mean, let's be honest about this. Fantasy-wise, he's Lamar Jackson. So if we're going to include Lamar Jackson there, I'm going to include Justin Fields there. Uh, should note, Jackson, Fields, and Allen, all three of those guys yet to have their bye. Uh, so we have buys in week 13 and 14. Don't know exactly when those buys are for each of them. Uh, but we do have buys left for those QBs. So if you are riding Allen, you still need to have a backup. So letting everybody know as we prep, you know, down the stretch, you're trying to make the playoffs, all of that. Allen, Jackson, and Fields still without their buy. Now you will notice a name I didn't put on the QB one. I wonder if Ray would. Brock Purdy. That that one was difficult for me because Ray, honestly. Maybe there's not the, you know, I want to say there's not the ceiling, but maybe there is. I mean, we kind of saw the ceiling for Brock Purdy maybe last week. Um, and that was good. That was 30 points. I don't know if he has a ceiling of 38, 40 points, which sometimes we see from a from a Jackson, from a Mahomes, from a Hertz. But he might belong in that QB1 realm to where, he, you know, maybe he's more like a, a Stroud or a Herbert. Is Purdy in that that class for you? This is shocking, and it speaks to his performance and as well as the negative performance of the other guy. But I just looked at my Dynasty League, and I looked at NFL.com because, you know, whatever, let's use them as a scoring. Brock Purdy is within one point on both setups of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, so statistically, yeah. now the issue that I have is the issue I think that most of us have, that obviously skills-wise there's a gap between those two quarterbacks. But beyond that, We've seen what happens to Purdy when he doesn't have his weapons, right? Mahomes figures it out. Mahomes doesn't have any weapons and figures it out. Purdy doesn't have his weapons. I don't think he can figure it out. I don't think he can improvise and do those kind of things. So for me, I'm going to say Purdy is just out. Now, if he is your starting quarterback, you can win. You can yeah. do it. He's, you know, he's got the leads of league and, you know, QB rating. He's on pace for all these numbers. But I just, he doesn't have the wheels and I don't think he can elevate if something were to happen to Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC. Well, what you said there about it, it's not maybe a QB1, but you can survive it. Some of these other guys that I have in the very QB2 realm, I, I think fall into the same boat. Russell Wilson's probably in there. Kyler Murray, Geno Smith. I hemmed and hawed on Matthew Stafford. I don't think I'm going to put him at that level. I just don't think you can. So of the very good QB2s, Ray, it's like four guys. You know, Wilson, Murray, Purdy, and Smith. Smith dealing with that elbow injury. Sounds like he's going to play on Thursday. I know it's not a good matchup. Mm -hmm. Now, the one guy that I, I don't know if it's hype and just, oh, the story, but Joshua Dobbs, if he kind of lands in that realm of Russell Wilson, in that realm of Kyler Murray. And I should note, with Dobbs, he might have the best end-of-season matchups. It's it's either him or of like all quarterbacks. Um, now again, matchups don't matter for Jalen Hurts. You're going to play him, but Ray, I was looking at Russell Wilson and Joshua Dobbs. They both have really good matchups. I mean, Russell Wilson has two games against the Chargers 
still to go. <laughs> That's yeah. what it, it, he has Houston. He has Detroit. Those defenses are pretty weak. You look at Dobbs, uh, Chicago, Vegas, Detroit, Green Bay. Is Dobbs like, is he up there with Russell Wilson or is Wilson still maybe a step ahead of him? Yeah. I, I want to circle back to Geno Smith too in a second. Okay. Um, well, I'll just say it now. I don't think Geno Smith is in this group personally. He's hurt. Okay. I don't think he's been consistent this year. He's missing passes. He's not the guy from last year. You know, we've got Walker who's beat up, Lockett's who's beat up, DK who's beat I'm not in on Geno Smith. The other two guys, I think that Dobbs is fascinating because Dobbs is doing what Brock Purdy is doing. And that is he's producing every week. So to say he's not a weekly starter, like you look stupid. I mean, the last four games, Josh Dobbs has a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown each time. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray doesn't do that. Lamar Jackson doesn't normally do that. Like that's really, they can do it, but they don't do it all four times in a row consistently. So Dobbs is really fascinating to me. I think that Wilson is a player that we talked about earlier this week. Uh, I think that Wilson is the guy I would be focused on out of this group because I like the matchup. I like the way the team is going. They've won four games in a row. They're trending up, all those kind of things. Dobbs, you know, when you run for 40 yards or have a rushing touchdown almost every week, which is what he is doing, you're in that conversation. I would, again, I prefer Wilson for the floor. I just feel yeah. comfortable with him running an offense and all that. But maybe that's partly my bias um, that I don't think Dobbs is a, is a great quarterback. Uh, I think that Wilson's got a better system and a, and a better talent base, better experience base. And honestly, let's talk about this too. What is going on with Justin Jefferson? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, so well, he, he kind of warned us a couple of weeks he back. Did. When he said, I'm not coming back to him 100%. Yeah. Now, I don't yeah. know if he's ever going to be 100%, honestly. Well, and with a hamstring, you don't know until you like give it a go. Mm -hmm. And and I, I don't expect him to play this weekend. I don't either. And it's yeah. like, you know, I'm not going to play it on 100%. As you and I have said forever, no one's 100%. You're playing football. You're not 100%. So, like, if he's legitimately going to wait to 100%, was he going to wait to week 17? Like, come on, man. You got to play football. Well, I, but here's the other thing, right? I don't know if Dobbs – like, this is going to sound really stupid. I don't think it is. But I don't know if Dobbs is helped by having Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Which, again, sounds very dumb. Why wouldn't you want the best receiver in football? But – when that guy returns, it's like, okay, we've got to use him. Mm -hmm. we, we've got to throw to Jefferson. We've got to hit him down the field. we got this weapon back. That may not fit what they should be doing under Joshua Dobbs. Can Dobbs make those throws? Is Dobbs a guy you trust to say, okay, I know this place supposed to go to Jefferson. Is he a guy that you can trust? And he'll say, hmm, coverage ain't good i'm gonna go somewhere else some of these guys ray they're told get the ball to him mm -hmm. and they say okay i gotta get the ball to him mm -hmm. whereas kirk cousins is maybe more apt to say you know what it's not there i'm going to addison mm -hmm. you know i'm going to hawkinson sometimes a, a guy like dobbs and i don't know i don't know the answer and maybe it's a stupid question to ask dobbs but sometimes ray a backup comes in and they're trying to please so much and they're trying to look you know the part that they are saying hey the coaching staff wants me to get it to this guy so even if he's covered, I'm going to this guy. Mm -hmm. And hey, Joshua Dobbs doesn't maybe have the arm strength of a Kirk Cousins. You know, he doesn't have the understanding of the secondary and the scheming and all. You know, I'm just throwing stuff out like that. So I, I wonder if Jefferson, I, I think, okay, it helps. But I don't think it's like a guarantee, like there's more that you can get from Joshua Dobbs with the return of Jefferson. Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins goes out and throws three picks. Who gives a damn? He's starting next week. Yeah. Dobbs, you know, Kirk Cousins got hundreds of gazillions of dollars. Dobbs. So yeah, it is if he throws three picks, you're saying like, oh, can we trust this guy? Yeah, yeah. And with Kirk Cousins, it's like, oh, another Kirk Cousins game. All right, fine. The next week he goes for 303. 
Um, it's a it's a really good question, and you know I think that we don't know the answer, and it's it's the right question to ask. The assumption I think is more likely accurate than not that having him back works and helps and all of that. But Dobbs has shown a propensity to throw to the tight end. We saw it again last week where he threw that touchdown pass to Oliver when the play broke down. Uh, he he spread the ball around. He uses athleticism. You know there there's a mixing and a matching here, and it's very difficult. It's why a guy, honestly, sometimes it's why a guy like Brock Purdy is who a coach wants as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, throw it here, throw it here, throw it there, throw it out of bounds. Throw it here, throw it there, throw it there, throw it out of bounds. That's all it is. Dobbs is like, throw it here, throw it here. Whoa, we're running around. We're, we're cr- yeah. Like that, you know, you don't know when plays break down. Does Jefferson see the field the same way Dobbs do, does? Do they move? So it's a it's a valid question that does sound stupid on the surface, but it needs to be asked, Kyle. Kyler Murray, by the way, still has to have his bye. So if you got Kyler Murray, understand Arizona will have their bye in the next couple of weeks. There might be just some dispute here, Ray. I didn't stick Sam Howell in, into the, the very good QB2s. Mm-hmm which I, a lot of people love him as a top 15 guy every week. He throws a ton, but the numbers aren't really there overall for Sam Howell and matchups don't even matter for Sam Howell. I, I, that can end in 25 points or 12 points with Sam Howell. I think there's a wide delta of outcomes with him. That's why I put him more into that QB, just a, a normal everyday QB too. I agree with you. He leads the league in passing attempts and passing yards, does Howell. But he's tied for the league lead in interceptions. Not good. He's 19th in QB rating. Not good. How many, touchdowns? 20... How many touchdowns does he have? Uh, I think he has 18. I have to look so that that's, that's a good number. But mm-hmm. with as much as he's throwing and as much yardage, it's kind of surprising it's not in the 20s. Well, his, t- his touchdown percentage is 16th, to your point. Yeah. It's below Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's taken a league high sack total. He's 22nd in QBR. Like these are not, I agree with you completely. He's not a QB one. And I know the numbers are, he's not a QB one. And also remember this too. The Washington's got their week 14 by, then they go to the Rams, which is not easy. They then go to the jets, which is brutal. They then face the 49ers. Like that's the playoff matchup. If you're looking at Sam Howe at Rams at jets, 49ers, good luck. (laughs) Jets 49ers, you couldn't dream up a worse scenario. (laughs) Good luck with that. And if your league plays week 18, like Kyle says you should, you face the Cowboys. So (laughs) not a great end of the season for Mr. Howell. Yeah, so so, uh, have another plan. Uh, Other guys I put in the Howell level, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr. And I know his health is kind of, but Ray, even when he's healthy, I'm not, seeing much to think Derek Carr is like a, a good QB too. It's it's just not there. And for those who missed it, Michael Thomas is on IR for what that's worth. Uh, but but that crew, again, I, I think if you're starting any of those guys, Love, Minshew, Mayfield, Carr, Hal, th- things have gone bad for you at quarterback. Like you're scrambling and I don't think you have an answer for the next five weeks. You're going to be checking every week as to which guy has the better matchup. Yeah, and it's tough. And you mentioned this, I think it was yesterday here on the show. Uh, it's tough to be in 2023 and to be streaming quarterbacks. Like we stream defenses, kickers, tight end. There are people that are going to have to stream quarterbacks, and that's rough. That is not a place we're expecting to be. Uh, league offense is down. League performance offensively is down. League performance offensively, down. it's all down. Yeah. So, you know, there there is an ability for some of these guys at the lower end to keep pace because there's just not that many guys that are exceeding. 
or excelling, excuse me. But there, there are a lot of Stafford, Carr, loves of the world that there's not a lot of distance between the other guys that we just mentioned on a week-to-week basis. Well, and, and you talk about streaming, Ray. Um, like, let's just look at this week, week 12 coming up. Um, if you look at the defenses that have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing QBs, and again, this can vary from, you know, square. But Washington, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Bucks the Falcons and the Lions. That's your bottom six. They're, they're the defenses that have given up through 11 weeks the most points. For this week, Minshew is taken on Tampa. They're on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, New Orleans, whether it's Winston or Carr, is taking on Atlanta. Jordan Love's taken on Detroit. Now, see, So these are all three like streamable quarterbacks who are in quote-unquote good matchups. Are they good enough to stream? What <laughs> would you say? Hey, I'm just going to base it off what like Minshew against Tampa. I don't expect much from Gardner Minshew, but my gosh, the Bucks they, they've been roasted a few times this year. They're they're liable to give up points. If you were streaming this week and your options were let, let's say, what do you think? You think Carr's playing Sunday? I'd say yes, yeah. but I is is Carr appreciably different if we're talking about streaming someone than uh, Winston. Yeah. So yeah. let's say New Orleans quarterback, Minshew, yeah. or Jordan Love. Who would be your streamer this week? I'd go Jordan. Excuse me. I'd go Minshew and feel dirty. Um, <laughs> I And that's what we have in the rankings, too, over at fantasyguru.com. Yeah. We actually have Love one spot behind him. Uh, and I think Carr actually follows him up. So they're all three in a row. Uh, this one is tough because I don't think, in the case of Minshew, that there are certain positives being the matchup. Uh, and the fact that the Bucks are good against the run, so maybe they have to throw a little bit more. But like Garner Minshew could throw three picks as easily as he could throw for 290 yards, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's just it's not a great place to live. But again, I'd go Minshew, Love, and Carr in that order. So that is uh, kind of our current read on the uh, QB field, if you will. Now we've got some questions popping up. Um, Joe B had asked about Tua, uh, who I I did put Tua in that QB one level. That's where I put him. Right, you got an issue with Tua being a QB one? Not an every week starter, but a guy eighty five percent of the time you're starting. Not at all until Tyreek Hill gets hurt. I mean, I think, I think he's very much like Brock Purdy. Jets this week. Tyreek Hill's there yeah. against the Jets. Is Tua yeah. a top ten guy purely because wow, he can dump at the Tyreek Hill and he can go eighty yards? I think he's a QB one. Yes, okay. I think we, the bigger concern, obviously, there is what their offense is going to look like because Salvin Ahmed. Is on the injured list. We got a report early today that it doesn't look like A-Chan's going to play. So it's going to be Mostert with the high-level carries. You have to figure Jeff Wilson's back in the mix. I, I think that even with the matchup, yes, two is still a QB1. See, Joe B, with that follow-up, uh, non-PPR A.T. Perry, for those who are wanting A.T. Perry, uh, Saints, and we mentioned Michael Thomas being out, or Mike Wilson. Ray, we're digging the bottom, man. I love it. Like a wide receiver, five, six kind of decision. Right. <laughs> Make or break, man. Win them yeah. the season. <laughs> yeah. Who is Taysom Hill going to throw his touchdown pass to? Uh, I I would say it this way. I'd prefer Wilson, but I got to make sure he's playing. Right? Like Perry, I, Perry is someone, if it was a PPR setup, I'd add Perry. But yeah. I'm going to play the long game with Wilson. I mean, the, the ability, long touchdown game with Wilson and his role in the offense. Uh, so I'll go Wilson at a non-PPR, provided he's healthy. Let's uh, go to Chaka the Furball. Uh, he's got a QB question here. We we're talking about Russell Wilson. rest of the schedule is good. But this week, they're up against Cleveland. Um, and we know what Cleveland can do. In fact, Cleveland is number one in fantasy football in shutting down opposing QBs. So this is, quote, unquote, the toughest matchup you could have. 
do you go with Russell Wilson or Ray? Do you, do you go with Matthew Stafford against Arizona? We were just talking about Stafford. I said kind of a, a mid to low level QB two. Uh, we'll have to see on Cooper Cup. We've heard very little on that situation. Uh, the good news here is that both these guys are at least playing on Sunday. So we get like a few more days for this decision. Wilson against the Browns, Stafford against the Cardinals. As of right now on the rankings over at fantasyguru.com, we have Stafford two spots ahead of Wilson. Now, I don't I don't have a problem with that because the matchup is massively different. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with that. But if Cooper Cup is out, it makes me really nervous. And I, I'd, I you know, I'd still go Stafford, even yeah, with it makes Cup me really, out. It makes me very nervous. And I was looking at this yesterday, like Stafford doesn't throw touchdown passes anymore. He's like mm-hmm. those one touchdown pass a week since the start of last season. Um, because of the sheer insanity that the Browns defense can cause, I'm going to go Stafford. But that's, ew, yeah. After this week, Russell Wilson, this week I can go Stafford. A couple more. Uh, Sean C. has a non-PPR. Metcalf against the Niners. Ridley against Houston. I think I'd have to take Ridley. and. That's a real roller coaster ride. I mean, look at his results uh, week in, week out. They're all over the place. Last week was really good, which means this week is probably in the toilet. But I, I'm worried about Seattle's offense, Ray. Even if you have Geno Smith, I, I just think San Francisco is never a defense I want to go up against. And Metcalf, I mean, the dude is beat up like crazy. He constantly, I mean, he's up to like three or four injuries that have been bothering him over the last five weeks. So I think the safe play might actually be the, the Ridley call. That's saying something. Yeah, um, <laughs> safe. <laughs> yeah, I will say this: that my team, DK Metcalf, always plays. Period. I don't care who the matchup is. I don't care what he is physically. I don't ever look at DK Metcalf. I don't ever consider sitting, sitting him ever. I would play him over Ridley. Okay. I, I want to play both. I think both should be starting. Like this, and that this we run into this top twenty-five guys. I think. Yeah, I think, I think that's least. totally fair. Yes, I think the problem we run into is a lot of people have banging groups of players or they're in leagues where they start two wide receivers instead of three. Like everyone mm-hmm. should be in a three wide receiver league. So you can start these guys every week. Again, I'd go DK over Ridley. I think both are starters though this week. Yeah. Um, I, I just, when you have the matchup issue, the short week, the injuries, the QB, I just kind of, that's too much. And, and again, Metcalf to second what Ray's saying, the guy's a stud, but you've got another good receiver behind him, and maybe enough is there. Uh, finally, Aaron Ross, um, Charbonnet. I guess Jeff's high on Charbonnet. Um, I have not heard this argument. I don't know where he's at in the rankings. Um, here's the thing. If, if Walker's out and it's trending that he's going to be out, you're probably looking at Charbonnet trying. And I say trying because I, I don't know if the Seahawks are going to move the football. I'm really concerned about their offense. So he's trying to get to like 14 to 16 touches. I don't know if he's going to get there. I, I look at these options for Aaron Ray, and it's non-PPR. Gosh, I'm, I'm seeing better things than Charbonnet in this matchup. I am. I, I'm seeing Ford. I'm seeing Williams. And eh, maybe Williams not against the Browns, but I, I think Kyron Williams coming back, I'd be interested in that. James Conner, Puka Nakua with no Cooper Cup. I, Charbonnet's probably fourth. How many guys we got here? Six. Probably fourth or fifth out of the six that I'm looking at for Aaron's team there. Well, I'll give a sneak behind the curtain. I have the rankings right here in front of me. Um, I mean, are you confused? You're confused to start. The rankings are the rankings, so you can agree with them or not, right? That's I, I don't think there should be much confusion. What I think for Aaron's Aaron's point is that they're all here, right? There's no separation here. Uh, if you look at these guys, uh, Ford is 18. 
Williams is 25. Charbonnet is 19. Kyron Williams is a wild card because we, yeah. you know, he was playing more snaps than any running back in football before he was and, hurt. And Ray, I think they're bringing him back to play. I mean, the fact that they just outright released Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I now again, I don't know if it's 22 touches, but I think he's going to be like in that 15 touch range immediately. I think that's fair. Uh, we have him ranked at 30, and we have James Conner at 24. So again, I guess Kyron Williams is a little behind everyone else, but the other guys are all 17 to 24. They're all the same guy. And I think that when you're talking PPR, obviously it's about the touchdown and that's the hardest thing to predict in fantasy. You know, that's why we like half point PPR as as an ideal setup, because then you get guys on the other end and all they do is catch passes and they don't do anything and they get more points. I think it's fair to go forward and Charbonnet like Jeff has him ranked. I think that's fair. Now I think I would base that on the fact that the two receivers for Seattle are beat up, that the quarterback's not at hundred percent and that we saw it last week. With one of these guys out in the backfield, it's not like DJ Dallas is going to start. DJ Dallas! It's like he's going to star, right? So they're going to give 20 touches to Charbonnet if they can, you know, create enough drives to consistently put up some uh, put up some uh, points or at least put up some yardage. If you wanted to pivot out of that, I mean, James Conner to me, James Conner always scores touchdowns. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. I think he has six touchdowns in four games against the Rams. So I, I'd be comfortable going Ford and Connor if you'd rather make that pivot. Yeah, I, I'm not comfortable with Charbonnet. Um, and you can look at the rankings and see San Francisco solid. That does not mean they can't be beat. Uh, Joe Mixon had probably his second best game of the season against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at when Cleveland upset San Francisco, that game uh, in Ohio, uh, they ran on, on the 49ers. They, they had a pretty good running attack. Um, overall, the numbers are strong for San Francisco. I think what it comes down to is like on Thursday night for that game, it's like the Seahawks need to come out and have success early. And they, they don't need to if, – if they fall behind like 10-0 or 13-3, and let's say the, the first six carries for Charbonnet go for 10 yards, that's going to be an issue, Ray. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you compare that to the studs of the league. Like if McCaffrey has 10 yards on the first six carries, nobody cares. If the Niners are down 10 points early, nobody cares. McCaffrey's going to get his. I, I wonder if Charbonnet could perhaps be game planned out of this if the Niners come out and, and get off. So that's a little bit of my concern. There's too much uncertainty for me with Charbonnet to have him as a top 20 guy. Not to say he can't get there because if they come out and have success, we know how momentum goes and maybe they can keep it rolling. I would say this. The Niners are obviously out with Hufunga as well. The, their safeties, Torrey's mm-hmm. ACL, he's out for the year. So maybe, maybe... Seattle will think that we can have even more success against the Niners of the year because the Niners are basically about their front, right? Their D-line and the linebackers. The back defensive backfield's spotty, and they just lost arguably their best guy. Well, I don't think arguably. They lost their best guy. So maybe they try to attack him that way. Um, so that's something to think about, too. I, I would say, circling back to the question, though, we, they, we do have Puka Nakua in here. And we were just talking about Stafford and the matchup and all that. If it was my team and I had a non-PPR, I would go Ford and Puka. That's okay. why I would start because I'm not thinking Cooper Cup is playing this week. When Cooper Cup hasn't played, Pukas yeah. get double-digit targets. So, again, I was talking about the running backs earlier, but if I had to choose just two guys out of this group, it would be Ford and Puka Nakua. Yeah, and, and the other thing with Charbonnet, some people might believe, hey, man, if uh, Geno's out and Drew Lux it locks in, uh, that's going to be more running. Again, Ray, I don't know. It's kind of like Zach Wilson being your quarterback. The teams don't fear Drew Locke. and. Maybe they'll just say, we'll stack the run and shut you down that way. So that can work both ways. You may say, oh, a lot of running for Seattle, more carries for Charbonnet. But obviously the opponent 
understands, hey, Drew Locke kind of throws balloons beyond 15 <laughs> yards. So we'll take our chances. So, I, I again, Charbonnet is not bad, but if I can avoid it, I'm trying to avoid it. I am for this week number 12. Uh, great questions there in the chat room. Really appreciate them. And you can keep sending them uh, via Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, however you want to. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, talked a lot about injuries. Let's get you a few more. Green Bay. Uh, remember, first game of the week is tomorrow. That is a 1230 kickoff. Packers and Lions. Ray and I will be here, by the way, at 11 Eastern uh, for our usual get together. We'll preview all three of the games for Thanksgiving. But Ray, we're probably going to be previewing a Packers team that is, is totally beat up. Um, Aaron Jones, not a good bet here. Jaden Reed is less than 100%. Uh, Dantavian Wicks is now dealing with a knee and a head issue. Luke Musgrave has an abdomen issue. I don't even know what's going on with A.J. Dillon. This is a bad spot. You know, you talked about Jordan Love against Detroit. <laughs> Who's he going to have is kind of the question, I guess, for tomorrow. Well, it doesn't matter who he has because he throws everyone the ball five times anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is rough. Uh, and it, it, I'm not, I don't think Aaron Jones plays. He's out, right? He's not playing with that knee injury. Sounds like Wicks has got a concussion that no one really talked about. So I can't imagine he plays. We've got Wilson who separated his shoulder and has an ankle issue. Hard to think he's active. Uh, Dylan's got that groin issue that you talked about. They're going well, to need Musgrave a great tight end. It sounds like he's more out than in for this he, game. He went to the hospital. Like the coaching staff didn't even know he's in the hospital after the game. Cause he's got an issue with his abdomen. So they need, whether it's going to happen or not, they need 20 touches out of A.J. Dillon. That's what they need. Now, if he gets 20 touches, can he get more than 58 yards? I don't know. That's another issue, too. But they need that because this group is just really beat up. And talking about the short week and all of that, this is a team that, you know, in certain scenarios, of course, we play pieces here. But this is a team I would be really cautious with this week. It's just it's not trending in the right direction. Detroit's favored by seven and a half. And I like that number in favor of the Lions. I don't think they're going to have much of an issue. It could be tight into the third quarter, you know, slow start, early morning kickoff, those kind of things. But I think they'll be fine. Uh, H.A. and Ray mentioned they play Friday. Dolphins and the Jets uh, probably out is kind of the read right now with Devon mm -hmm. Achan. Uh, DK Metcalf did not practice on Tuesday because of a toe injury. Geno Smith was limited. So worth following there. Uh, let's see. Kenneth Walker, the oblique. We're not hearing anything positive as of now. So, uh, Charbonnet probably going to be the guy. Michael Thomas on the IR. Joey Bosa on the IR. Uh, the Rams have waived Daryl Henderson. Indianapolis waived Shaquille Leonard. That kind of caught people off guard. Yeah, the whoa. linebacker who's having a pretty good season. Um, that's about it. Uh, we did get a report. Daniel Jones, uh, is going to have knee surgery, I think today. And Ray, they were saying eight to 10 months for Daniel Jones to get back and going. So, you know, you pay eight months out, you're thinking training camp, 10 months. It's hoping for the start of the season. So he'll be a question mark going into next year. Yeah. And I think our old partner, Kay Adams is the one who had that story yeah. break on her show. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, Daniel Jones is in a tough spot. I mean, obviously the Giants, based upon the way things are, they need him. Uh, and they signed him to a four-year, $160 million contract. So they're tied to him. But yeah, you got to be worried about where the offense is, where he is, and physically if he's going to be able to go in week one next year. Taking a look at the uh, point totals and spreads for this week. We always like to do this on a Wednesday. First things first, everybody's playing. Um, all 32 teams are in action. Three games tomorrow. All with big spreads, heavy favorites. We've got Green Bay, a seven and a half point dog at Detroit. Game totals 47. 
Dallas is favored by 11 against the Commanders. Game total there is 49. And then the 49ers, Ray, all the way, I mean, favored by seven points on the road at Seattle. Uh, 43 is the number there. Uh, any spread, any number kind of catch your eye of those three games? Yeah, the 300 uh, for the Pacers and Hawks. We talked about this yesterday with Justin <laughs> Fetzerman. They got the 300, Kyle. I know. Was it 250? Yeah, I think it was 251 was the game total yesterday, over 300. 309. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, um, well, let me ask you game totals. Those are actually high for the NFL. Yeah. 47 mm-hmm. for the Packers-Lions, 49 right. Commanders-Cowboys, 43 Niners and Seahawks. Any of those games going over? I don't think like, any of them. I don't think over. the Commanders and Cowboys get the 50-plus That to me. I mean, we talked about Howell earlier. I think that's a tough matchup for him, so I'd struggle there. We broke down the Packers. I mean, that could be a 30-10 to 10 game, so I wouldn't go over there. And the Niners-Seahawks? Nah. I mean, no. So I'd say probably three unders as well. Friday, Miami is at the Jets. Uh, Dolphins favored by 10 in that game against Tim Boyle. Talk about Black Friday, Tim Boyle. As your QB. What a great game, too. The NFL is so good at this. Well, it's it's a football game. By the way, <laughs> by the way, if Aaron Rodgers returns next year, are we going to be subjected to eleven of eighteen weeks with them in mm-hmm. prime time again? Yeah, like this is you ridiculous. Are. Come on, yeah. another year of that. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I get it. He's like really good. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's historic, but like, does he drive that much? Is it? I, I guess he. <laughs> the NFL been a lot of a lot of uh, goodwill on booking the Jets everywhere the other thing is like the chargers like i feel like they're on every week in prime time they are on sunday night this week they should be um, if they had a different head coach but yeah, yeah maybe so um now sunday's games i will say there's some decent matchups they're all pretty tight on the spreads like if you're somebody who picks the spreads um atlanta is a one point favorite home against the saints the patriots are favored by a field goal who the hell are they? the giants Ray, that one seemed weird to me. The Patriots favored by three at New York. The over-under is 33 and a half. (laughs) Talk about it. I mean, gosh, where were we 20 years ago, Giants and Patriots? That was like the the battle of the century, and now we've got this on Sunday. Steelers and uh, Bengals is 34 and a half. Another barn burner. Steelers are favored by a point. At yeah, Cincinnati. right. Well, I mean, Browning and Higgins out and the, the Patriots one against Ray, you know, Jake Browning versus Kenny Pickett. That's kind of a wash, isn't it? <laughs> I would, well, I, you might even be able to argue it's Browning side. Yeah. The athleticism. Yeah. But yeah, those are two games that eh. uh, I'm not surprised. That, I, I'm not surprised the Patriots are favored. You know, I'm not. But I get your point. Three points. Sleepiest game of the week, Carolina at Tennessee. I mean, just pure boredom between those two. Uh, Titans favored by three and a half. Game total of 36 and a half. Huge. Uh, Tampa's at Indianapolis. That's kind of snoozy as well. Uh, Colts favored by two and a half. How about this, Ray? Maybe the game of the day on Sunday. Maybe. Jacksonville at Houston. And AFC South showdown. Who'd have thunk it? Jags are favored by only a point and a half, and the game totals 48 and a half for that showdown. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's – it's good for football, right? It's two non-traditional teams, mm-hmm. uh, two teams with young quarterbacks, two teams that are ascending, playing relatively good football, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's a tight tight game, point and a half, like you mentioned, 48 and a half over. Um, I think that game has, has a, has a, poss- a higher likelihood of hitting 50 points 
yeah. um, than the Browns and the Broncos. Browns and Broncos are at 35. Like this is a week where it's like it is <laughs> it's rough for some offense around town. But yeah, the, the Texans game should be a pretty exciting one. Broncos uh, favored by two and a half, by the way, in that game against the Browns. Uh, the Rams are in Arizona, L.A. favored by a point. Uh, Buffalo's at Philly. Short week for Philly. They're only favored by three and a half, which you know, reputation figures it should be three and a half. But I, I think Philly should be closer to five, actually. I'd, I'd really like them on the uh, edge there. Kansas City, eight and a half points at Vegas. Baltimore goes to the Chargers Sunday night. Ravens favored by three and a half. And then Chicago, Minnesota is uh, your Monday nighter. Vikings favored by three and a half there. So there's kind of your first look at some of the spreads. Uh, we do have a question. We were talking about Devon Achan. Eric in the chat room, Ray, um, has a question with, with Achan. You, you see at the end there, let's assume he's active. I don't care if he's active or inactive, Ray. After what went down last week mm-hmm. and in a matchup against the Jets, I don't think anybody should be playing him this week. Or I mean, am I wrong there? Or I just think it's a bad start all around with his status, with the mm-hmm. matchup. Color me out on A-chan for almost everybody. Yeah, I think that when you have an injury and you're on the IR and you return, and then you tweak the same injury again, right? It's the same knee, right, if I'm not mistaken, that he hurt previously. What the hell does that mean? I have no idea. I don't, at this, as we sit here on an early Wednesday morning, I don't think he's going to play. Mm-hmm. If he does play, I mean, roll the dice if you want, but I'm, you know, this is not an easy matchup, you know, against the Jets. I'm still thinking the plan would be to get most at 18 to 20 touches. What does that leave HN? Five, eight, maybe? You know, when you're as explosive as he has been, the assumption from some people is that, well, he gets eight touches, he's going to get me 90 yards and a touchdown. That's not how it works. He can get eight touches, get 41 yards, and nothing. Mm-hmm. And eight touches for 41 yards ain't bad, right? So, yeah, I don't think HN is someone I'd be interested in at this moment in time. Uh, I, I understand not wanting to play two Denver players. I mean, Cortland Sun scores a touchdown every week. I don't know what a guy's got to do to to get in the lineup. And well, I, I mean, for me, this is Singletary, which yeah. is crazy to say. Yeah. But you, you talked about Jacksonville, Houston, and the fact that that game. I, I kind of feel it is going to get into the fifties. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, Devin Singletary, shocker of shockers. The guy was a, a bum for nine weeks, but he's been great the last two weeks. Roll with it. I that that's a matchup where there should be scoring. He's hot. You know, I don't fear Jacksonville in terms of the rushing attack. Stay away from a couple of Broncos. Stay away from a hobbled A-chan. Devin Singletary is my call there. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that call, and I like the idea of diversifying because, again, again, it can go wrong against the Browns. But just to put it out there, Sutton's still a top 30 re- receiver this week. Like, this is not a guy that's catching, you know, nine passes for 130 yards. Or we catches four passes for 51 yards and makes a great catch in the end zone for a touchdown every week. So, you know, he can absolutely do that even in what is a difficult matchup overall against the Browns. Appreciate the call, Eric. Uh, call. Appreciate the question, I should say. Oh, old habits die hard. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we're going to dig into the Thursday slate of DFS. It's actually one of the fun slates. You can play like all three games. It's kind of one of those things if you've got a, a good collection of family members who are going to be watching football all day, kind of create your own little mini league. So Ray and I will talk about, the, you know, not only the DFS, but, but kind of all the start sit and, you know, how the game's going to unfold. We'll do that tomorrow at 11 Eastern. Uh, before we get out of here, Ray, a couple of quick baseball notes. Nothing giant here. Uh, Cardinals, a day after they sign Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson comes into the fold. One year, 12 million bucks. Uh, Paul DeYoung to the White Sox. <laughs> and Mike Schilt, former Cardinal manager, is now the manager for San Diego. Uh, what about San Diego? You think they're keeping Soto 
this offseason. I I think that screams trade because that I mean that's a young player. That's a guy with talent. He's got one year left before free agency. San Diego's got this ownership situation now with uh, you know their their predominant owner Sedler passing away. Last week, he was the guy who was willing to blow all this money. I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that further. If I'm San Diego, Ray, this is a, a big time flip. I'm, I'm playing that trade market and trying to get three or four pieces back for so. Yeah, and they need some help on the hill. I mean, they've got Musgrove coming back from an injury. They've got you, Darvish, who's 37 years old. And what else in the starting rotation, right? With, yeah. with Blake Snow moving on. So they need, they need pieces. And I agree with you. When you talk about Soto, he's going to want – minimum 400 million he's probably gonna want five can the Padres afford that with all the other contracts they already have it's gonna be very difficult Kyle Gibson should we care I guess he was okay last year but like as a fantasy player Ray what is that like an SP6 <laughs> Kyle Gibson what five <laughs> I mean you know we, we joked about it briefly before the show started you'll get your 171 innings from him you'll get your 176 innings from Lance Lynn you know there'll be a four and a five and they're fine you know, they're, they're, they help a team avoid having to use a bunch of junker ballers, middle relievers, or call up a bunch of youngsters that you don't know anything about because they do have one thing in common, and that is they take the ball. So they're not – and you mentioned, too, they're, they're one-year deals, in essence. Yeah. I guess there's a second year with Lynn. But they're – you know, this is not a huge investment. I think it was fine to do. I wonder if we're overrating taking the ball. I think the Cardinals now are going to have, like – don't they just have, like, four or five SP4s and fives, like Miles Michaelis and – Dakota Hudson. <laughs> well, well, I think I saw Michaelis Gibson. Even Matt. <laughs> well, Michaelis Gibson and, and Lynn were all like top five in baseball and hits allowed last year. So <laughs> guys better be coming with their gloves broken in behind them, Kyle. Well, we got we got a pretty decent defense. Yeah. So, so we'll see if they can pull something off. But anyway, uh, we'll see if baseball maybe picks up steam. Otani's kind of the chip. I think a lot of people are waiting to fall. And it makes sense, Ray, because any team, and there's a lot of teams I'm sure that are interested in them. Uh, but it's like, you got to tell us now because if, if we don't spend 500 million on you, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're going to go spend 200 and 250 million on these other guys. We got to make so you, you probably got, I would say, six to eight teams that are involved. I don't know how serious six right. to eight are, but there's a market for him. But obviously, he's only going to choose one. And I wonder if teams are going to say, like, hey, are we in this thing or not? And if we're not, we're going to go elsewhere and get moving on these other guys on the market. Yeah, I think they have to do that. And it, it would be nice for them to get that settled. It would be nice for the market, too, because there will be these teams that are jockeying that would obviously want to pivot off that, not to the Lance Lins of the world, but to other mm -hmm. higher-end players. Uh, you know, he does have the advantage of saying, you know, when healthy, right? He's coming back from the arm surgery. It's not going to pitch next year. Okay, so he's two players in one. So you might say, I'll pivot to these two guys for 250, one a shortstop, one a starting pitcher. That's what you're getting in Otani. So uh, there's the world influence that he has, you know, the marketability, all these kind of things. So someone's going to pay. Let's hope it's soon and we don't end up in one of these, you know, situations where no one is signed and it's, you know, January 15th. We're wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah. So that is where we stand in baseball. Football is going to be fun tomorrow. Ray and I back tomorrow, 11 a.m., uh, focusing on the uh, Thursday games. Again, Green Bay and Detroit kick off at 1230. Uh, so we will join you at 11, probably go for about 30, 40 minutes, a little shorter than usual because of the holiday. But make sure to join us. If you can't join us live, uh, it'll be downloaded uh, for all subscribers. You'll be able to get the audio podcast uh, thrown into your folder and ready to listen to at your leisure. And we'll take a look at all three games tomorrow, including uh, Washington, Dallas, and Seattle in San Francisco. Okay, Ray, good stuff today. Um, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and we'll do it again tomorrow.
You too, Kyle. And don't forget, we'll be on Friday too. We'll have a short show on Friday as well. So uh, we'll be previewing week 12 uh, later in the week, I think with uh, Tyler Beaker and Russell Clay. 11 a.m. Eastern for both of those Thursday and Friday. We do not take a break. That is how we do it. It is Fantasy Sports Daily powered by FantasyGuru.com.